Local talk is back in the valley. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And the conversation begins now. Hi there, Mike Douglas here. Uh, your concierge for conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show, 3 to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday, we're live and local because it's our time together to have rational and reasonable conversations about the issues of the day that personally affect you and me. Again, uh, my privilege not only to serve as your concierge for conversation, but also to be a community pastor and the president, CEO of Advancing Vibrant Communities as well at vibrantcommunities.org. Well, one of those subjects that affects you and me directly here in the Central Valley is the recall effort uh, for Governor Gavin Newsom. And despite what happens with that, there will be an election anyway in November 8, 2022 for the uh, governor of California. And so the candidates are starting to line up. The effort, by the way, to recall Governor Newsom has now gathered over... Uh, 1.8 million signatures uh, above the approximately 1.5 million needed. And, of course, if all are verified, then uh, that'll trigger a recall election. The deadline for those signatures is approaching, by the way, the Ides of March, March 15. So after about, oh, what, 60, 80 days after the signatures are, are verified, if the minimum number of signatures are certified, we have a recall election to recall Governor Newsom. And if that vote succeeds, we also have a vote for a new governor to fill out his term. And regardless, again, of the outcome, there will be an election in uh, in uh, November of 2022, November 8, I believe, for governor of California. So the big question is, if the recall happens, Who will the people of California vote to fill out Gavin Newsom's term? And then who will be voted in as governor again in November 22? One of those candidates for governor is no stranger to the campaign process. He's Republican John Cox. He ran against Gavin Newsom uh, for governor in 2018. Uh, John Cox joins us now to talk about why he wants to be governor, the challenges that lie ahead, basically with a a one-party political system up in the Capitol, the challenges of COVID-19 public policies to date, and those are just two of the major issues that uh, that we'll be facing the next governor. So, uh, John Cox, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Great. Let's start with uh, Mr. Cox. Why do you want to be governor? And uh, how about that challenge of facing basically one-party rule in Sacramento if you get there? Well, thanks, Mike, and thanks for having me on. But, you know, I'm a businessman. I I built a business. I started out with nothing 40 years ago and over 40 years answered questions, solved problems, delivered results. And why did I run in 2018 and why am I running now? Because I've been watching career politicians just jawbone, and they're all public relations. They're all partisan politics but they don't solve problems. They don't come up with things that really answer the questions that people have and deliver better results, a better quality of life, Mike. 
That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I don't need to do it. I want to do it because I live in California. I love this state. It is the most important state in the country, being the largest, the largest economy, super important worldwide because of our agriculture as well as because of our uh, technology and Hollywood and tourism and all those things. But it's being misrun, as you say, by one-party rule, and they do everything they can to cement that. But I think with this pandemic here, Mike, people have finally gotten the message that their vote matters, that who they elect can really have a huge impact on their life because they've been told that they can't go to church. They've been told that their restaurants are shut down. They've been told that their kids can't go to school and learn face-to-face with teachers. So they're getting the message that they better pay attention because these politicians have them, and they're not delivering a decent quality of life to them. I'm a business guy. I I object to all this. I think that there are solutions to these problems. And what I'm going to do in this recall when we have it and and during the campaign is, again – get to the voters and talk to them about the solutions that really will work to make California a better place to live. And that's why I'm doing this. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about those solutions. And uh, my friends, you're, you're welcome yeah. to ask your questions and ask uh, Mr. Cox about his solutions. Our number here is area code 209 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Three four eight three, and uh, let's uh, let's just tackle one of those <laughs> challenges that uh, that you would face, Mr. Cox, yeah. and that is the public policy so far from Sacramento regarding COVID nineteen. You mentioned churches, you mentioned restaurants, you mentioned schools. Yeah. What would you do out of the box in terms of solutions to try to right that ship? Listen, we needed to be cautious at the beginning but there was a time for that and it passed. And you look at other states and you look at the science, you know, uh, I have nephews that live in Florida, for example, in Orlando, they've been going to school full-time all the way along. Disney world is open in Orlando. Restaurants are open. People are taking precautions. This is a serious disease. It deserves to be treated seriously. I had it in early March of last year, so I know what it's like. But it, it, there's a cost to shutting down these businesses. There's a cost to keeping our kids out of school. There's a cost to the economy. There's a cost to you know the lost lives from having your businesses ruined. We can do both, Mike. We can we can certainly protect people, protect our vulnerable, and protect people who, you know, would, would suffer grave consequences from this, but destroying businesses and destroying our children's future is, is not going to help the situation. And of course, our country is also founded on liberties, on religious liberties, as well as free speech and all the other liberties that are, are memorialized, uh, the right to bear arms, everything that's memorialized in our Bill of Rights. But so we have to respect those as well. And that's really where, again, you know, closing the churches was, a, I think, a violation of our rights. Again, we should have been able to do that safely with distancing and wearing masks were appropriate and courteous, but, but not just, just completely shut them down. 
Yeah, it seems like, uh, uh, Mr. Cox, as we look over uh, the nation, you know, for example, look at Florida. They seem to be able to not do the, yeah. uh, and I know this is an overused term, draconian, but uh, they've been able to accomplish a lot of things without the draconian policies we've had here in California. Uh, Mr. Cox, if, if you would uh, hang on with us for just about three or four minutes, we're going to... Uh, take some calls and uh well actually let, let's just keep let's keep rolling here i got a thumbs up from the producers so we're going to keep rolling that'll be great friends if you have questions okay. for uh for john cox as he throws his hat into the ring and i think your official announcement was on february 8th do i have that right yeah yeah pretty much Fe- February. Okay. So uh, if you have questions for Mr. Mr. Cox as uh, as he has thrown his hat into the ring and uh, how he will respond to the many challenges that we have in California right now, uh, now's your time to call. It's area code 209-551-3483. Area code 209-551-3483. So John Cox is. Uh, we've talked a little bit about, uh, of course, the monumental challenge of COVID nineteen uh, public policy and such. How, how are you going to approach this situation in Sacramento, where basically there's a super majority uh, for the for the Democrats, and it, it just seems like uh, opposing viewpoints get crushed, canceled out. Uh, social media removes any platform for them. Uh, what What is your approach? What What's your strategy to be able to, well, to overcome that big obstacle? Well, I'm going to propose good solutions, common sense solutions that are going to solve problems like housing, water, electricity, fires. Now, obviously, if the politicians in Sacramento don't like the solutions, I'm going to suggest that they give me answers that will fix the problems. If they're not willing to do that, which I suspect they're not because they haven't all the way to date, I'm going to go directly to the people. And certainly I'm going to talk about those solutions with the people and get them to change these representatives. I mean, these representatives aren't etched in stone. I mean, they're there because the voters voted them in. And the voters can easily vote them out. And if I go to these legislators and say, here, here's how we have to fix housing. We've got to take CEQA and reform it, and which is the California mm. Environmental Quality Act, and, yeah. and get it to not apply to housing, frankly, because it dries up litigation and costs. If, if, if they're not willing to do that, I'm going to then take that idea to the voters and get the voters to vote for representatives who will change that. That's the only way we're going to get this accomplished, Mike. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and not get answers and not get solutions to these problems. Uh, I'm going to take them directly to the voters if I have to. Well, let's do that right now, uh, John Cox. And uh, my friends, as you call in, we, we'd appreciate if you could help us just get to your question very quickly. Uh, we have limited time with Mr. Cox, and we want to make sure we get as many callers in as possible. Uh, so... Um, so, uh, Eric uh, from Modesto, uh, Eric has some uh, questions regarding your stance on wildfires and uh, water storage and such. Eric, what's, uh, what's your question for John Cox? 
Yeah, last year, over uh, 4 million acres in California burned, releasing about mm-hmm. 84 mm-hmm. million tons of smoke pollution and lo- uh, losing tons of lumber. Uh, the country of Finland reduces forest fires by clear-cutting long, narrow strips of forest for lumber for profit to make more fire breaks. Would you be open to uh, more fire breaks like Finland uses? And my second question is, California has 40 million people but hasn't built a new reservoir for over 40 years. Would you push for more reservoirs like the Sites Reservoir? Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Great point. Yes, the, the businessman's solution here would be to manage the forest better, fire breaks, thinning out dead trees, uh, we shouldn't be chasing the logging industry out. You know, we used to have a hundred different logging firms in, in California, and now we've chased them out of business. We get all, most of our lumber from Canada now, which means we're sending our money, you know, to the neighboring country. We should have a, a, a vibrant logging industry. In addition, we ought to have fixed wing aircraft. Right now, there are so many jets, like 737s and 747s that are sitting on runways because they're not used because of the pandemic, we should have bought a hundred of those, put tanks on them. The minute there's a fire, you just send 20 or 30 or 40 of them, you know, with uh, tons of water and apply overwhelming force. The governor here just says, oh, gee, we can't, you know, fight the fires. It's climate change. And uh, we're going to do it by banning the car in 2035. I mean, is that an answer? That's not an answer. Similarly, absolutely, we need to build reservoirs. Think about it. Since uh, 30 years ago, the state population has doubled, and we haven't built a new reservoir. So what, what, would, this, what would the state be like if we hadn't built a freeway in the last 30 or 40 years? Would we, we'd be suffering? Of course. We'd be stuck in traffic everywhere. The same thing applies with water. We get incredible amounts of snowmelt coming from the Sierras, most of which goes into the Pacific. We can preserve fish. We can make sure that there's enough water there for fish. But we can also hold a good chunk of that for the most wonderful use, which is our agriculture industry. I mean, California is really the fruit and nut basket of the entire world. We have more cattle than Texas. We have more uh you know, uh, agriculture than most places in the world. We have two growing seasons uh, based uh, thanks to the California Water Project, but these politicians have listened to the lobbyists in Sacramento, and we haven't built a new reservoir. We also haven't done desalination like we should or recycling. It's an all-of-the-above uh, approach that we need to have, and that's what a businessman would do. The politicians just listen to the lobbyists. Yeah, great, great response. Eric, thank you so much for bringing those uh, those issues up. Uh, really, really critical things to think about. John Cox is with us. Our number 209-551-3483-209-551-3483. And I know, Mr. Cox, uh, you have a busy schedule today. Let's see if we can get another question in here from Don and Manteca. And I think, Don, you have a question uh, that, that's affecting a lot of folks, especially those who are leaving California. What's your question for John Cox today? Well, thanks for taking my call. I'm an old guy. I live in Manteca. And uh, what I'm calling about is a couple things. One is 
you can't hardly find a way to get a COVID shot, which I finally did today. I found out I, I finally got a uh, a date that I can go in and get a shot. The other thing is the price of gas. I just seen it up here on the corner from where I live. Is three dollars and thirty seven cents a gallon. Uh, I call. I talk to my buddy all the time, Missouri. His is two dollars and change. I don't get it. Other than I know that we're taxed to the hilt. Don, great, uh, great question about uh, fuel prices and such. Thanks so much for that question, John Cox. What's uh, what, what's your response there? What do you think you could do with that? Well, first of all, in terms of the COVID shots, I would have done what a businessman governor in West Virginia did with the distribution of the COVID. He used the pharmacies. California has 6,000 pharmacies. There's pharmacies all over the state. Those could have been outfitted. Those could have been delivering the, uh, the vaccines. And, you know, you, Don, you could have gotten one from your local pharmacy just like that. I mean, that's the, we, they created all these super sites in this bureaucracy. That's what politicians do. They love bureaucracy. On the, on the energy front, absolutely, the cost of living is way too high, and it's not only gasoline, but it's also uh, water. It's also electricity. California has tremendous oil and natural gas reserves, yet refiners in California have to truck oil in or bring it in by rail from Texas and North Dakota in order to refine it in California. Now, how idiotic is that? Because not only we're not developing oil and giving jobs to Californians in California, but we're also creating environmental hazards by trucking oil in from other places. I mean, maybe a tanker or a rail car has an accident on the way and there's an oil spill, as opposed to if we produced it in the state and gave it right to the refineries and refined it right here. That's one of the reasons why gasoline costs so much in California. We have to bring the oil in from other parts of the country. We also have all the formulations that are required by California. Now, obviously, the previous caller pointed out that we had dumped so much soot into the atmosphere from forest fires as to cancel out all of the environmental improvements California did in, in all of 2020 and 2019. That's just so counterproductive. What we ought to be doing is developing natural gas in California. We have tons of natural gas. And the best thing we could do for the environment is to liquefy that natural gas and put it on tankers over to China and get them to stop building coal plants. It's coal electrical production that is really polluting the earth. India, China are building new coal plants every single week and they could be burning our clean natural gas, and we'd make the whole world a lot less uh, polluted. Well, thank you, uh, thank you, Mr. Cox, for your response to that. If we could squeeze, I know you're, uh, you're you have to run here in a minute. Yeah, if we can squeeze more. in one more question, uh, Kevin, Kevin from Modesto has a question about uh, the bullet train. Kevin, what's your question for John Cox? <laughs> yes, uh, Mike and uh, Mr. Cox, hello. Yes, I'm wondering, uh, what would you do with the uh, existing proposed uh, infrastructure uh, that is in the process of being constructed between Reset and Bakersfield for 
uh, the bullet train. And if you were going to cancel it, what would you do with the exist with the infrastructure that has been established so far? Well, it'll cost a lot less to take it down than it would to put it up. I guarantee you. Uh, you know, <laughs> listen, trains can trains can be wonderful. Uh, if they wanted to do a bullet train, they should have done one between Los Angeles and Vegas, where planes are full every single day. Uh, but they didn't want to do that. They wanted to spend the most money they could, and that's what they did here. Uh, you know, I, I will end that project. I'll tear down uh, that monument to stupidity, and maybe we'll build tra- trains where they'll do some good, like that fast train connection between Vegas and Los Angeles, or maybe one between San Diego and Los Angeles, where there's a lot of people commuting. But Merced, the Bakersfield, you know, is an agricultural area. You're just you know, mostly, you're not going to have that much train traffic. And it was just designed just to spend money and, and, and pay off contributors and donors. It's that kind of corruption, Kevin, that I'm running for governor to fight. That kind of corruption wastes money, but what it also does, it results in you having a lower quality of life because it pushes up the cost of living all across the board. That's one of the main reasons I'm running for governor is to get rid of corrupt politicians who approve projects like that crazy bullet train. Kevin, thank you so much for your call. Uh, appreciate that. And John Cox, thank you uh, for your uh, very specific answers to these questions. Uh, let me just, uh, in, in maybe the last uh, 20, 30 seconds that we have go with you. Go to my you, website. Go to the website. What is your website? Yeah, uh, go for it. JohnCox.com, and you'll see solutions like this one. I also talk about housing, which is my favorite issue because that's my business. I build and manage apartments in other parts of the country, and California is just way off base in terms of the cost of housing out here. Uh, But it also then feeds into homelessness, which is another huge issue of mine. And You'll see a lot of other issues on there, too, to just click on solutions. Again, the website, Mr. Cox? JohnCox.com. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. John Cox, running for governor. Thank you uh, for joining us today, Mr. Cox. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you in the future as we see how the recall uh, winds up and as we look forward to that next uh, election on November 8, 2022. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time today. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Let's do it on a regular basis. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to uh, John Cox. He's thrown his hat in the ring to be the governor of California here on uh, the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And we've heard his reasons for running. And uh, he's been very specific. And we asked for that. He's been very specific about some of the solutions that he would propose. I think one of the problems that we've had uh, with politics in general uh, over uh, the past months and, and maybe two or three years is uh, we hear a lot of nuances. We hear a lot of promises. We hear a lot of uh, philosophical uh, ideas, but we don't hear clear solutions. And uh, that's something I think that we in California really want to hear, especially when it comes to uh, COVID-19 and where we are with that. Issues with water that was uh, that were brought up uh, by Kevin. Issues with this uh, 
bullet train, which really has turned out to be a fiasco uh, here in California. So again, uh, we'll be talking about your reactions to what uh, John Cox has told us coming right up in four or five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, our phone number 209-551-3483. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Local Talk is back in the Valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And we're thrilled to have you with us here Monday through Friday from uh, 3 to 4 p.m. here on the Mike Douglas Show. Here uh, where I serve as your personal concierge for conversation to get the conversations going so that we can respectfully and reasonably talk about the issues of the day like... Uh, The recall effort uh, underway regarding Governor Gavin Newsom and also those who are vying for uh, the governorship of California. We were talking with John Cox. He's thrown his hat into the ring, was very specific about some of the things that he would like to address. And we'd like to hear your reactions did you get the information you wanted to hear? What about his solutions? Are you in alignment with those? Do you think he uh, provided the clarity that you needed to say, yeah, I might uh, might consider him, or yeah, he's got my vote? We'd be interested in your thoughts on that at area code 209-551-3483, area code 209 Debbie from Stockton is on the line with us. And, Debbie, uh, you you have a question for us. Uh, you're on with Mike Douglas. Well, once again, I want to thank you for even having your station. We haven't had any way to communicate for so long, and, and how you brought it back was a miracle, but you did it. Mr. Cox, everything he addressed, I don't even know that anybody was listening truly to him because every single thing he addressed was accurate. We've had the bullet train for how long? How many decades have we been dealing with that? A long time. Long time. The, the issues that this Mr. Cox has brought up is so amazing. I would, my vote, please have him on again. We need that energy. We need those answers. And I have a question that I need to ask you, sir, sure. and anybody listening. Has anybody ever heard our Governor Newsom on their, on their computers, on their smartphones, on their televisions, their radios, their newspapers? Has anybody ever heard him say, as California goes, so goes the rest of the nation? He has said it repeatedly. Everything that's been negative that's happened in California was all preplanned. None of this was an accident. None of it. And we've got our politicians in California to thank for it. But we voted for them. So we've got to start taking some responsibility and stop letting people do us. We need to stand up and not ask, but demand our civil rights and our civil liberties. And all this other has to stop. Otherwise, we're not going to have a California. And he is accurate. Mr. Newsom's telling the truth. As California goes, so goes the rest of the nation. You won't have a yeah, United De- Debbie, you've got a you've got a, a great point there. I think uh, a lot of people would 
uh, would agree that uh, when we hear that statement, as California goes, so goes the nation. We're looking, Debbie, and, and you bring up some excellent points. We're, we're looking at uh, really uh, chipping away of the uh, First Amendment, Amendment rights of Californians. Uh, we look at, uh, again, that, that word I hesitate to use, but I, it, it's accurate, draconian public policies in California regarding COVID-19. Debbie, let's, uh, let, let's look at uh, almost a year ago, March 15, 2020, and we were told, hey, let's band together. We're going to do this together, California. We're going to uh, wear the masks. We're going to socially distance. Um, we're going to be washing our hands till they're raw using, you know, a, a Purell or whatever disinfectant we need to use. We're going to rally and we're going to come together for the next 15 days and flatten out the curve. It is now almost one year later. And our schools are, by the way, the, the we can... Well, we may fit the whole school issue in today. I'm not sure. It takes some time to to unpack. But uh, Governor Newsom is 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 now trying to get the schools open. Uh, but you know, you look at the restaurants, and it, it's not just a case of telling the restaurants, "Hey, you can open now," but you know, you have to put people out on the street uh, with with special awnings and such so they can uh, suck up the uh the exhaust fumes from the cars that are driving by but you can't have them you can't have them inside your restaurant we're looking at all of these restrictions 12 almost 12 months later and we're saying well if all of those are so good if they're so effective how come we're still in the situation we're in? Vis-a-vis, you look at, for example, what Governor Ron DeSantis has done in Florida, where they're, they're addressing the safety issues, but they're addressing them in common sense ways. And so I, um, I, this is my bias, and you're welcome to disagree with me. Right now, I would be sick to my stomach if the rest of the nation followed our policies in California right now because it will destroy the rest of the nation. People are leaving California in droves. Business, restaurants, restaurants that should have been able to make their uh, their their safety uh, readjustments and such should have been kept open the lockdowns that we see in california vis-a-vis looking at the the other ways that other states like florida have have handled them we're killing california maybe that's a new book for bill o'reilly and his <laughs> is killing sir killing california i i you know i i would i J- jerry brown was not my favorite governor but i think he had some common sense approaches to things and he had some boundaries and i didn't agree with everything he said but uh but you know for the most part i i could agree with 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 some of his decisions it is very hard for me to de- agree with Gavin Newsom's decisions at all. I am just flabbergasted at the way that Californians are apparently saying we want this. 
And I think Debbie had a had a great point. And, and Debbie, bless your heart, you're always very passionate. And I think that's what we need a lot in California is people who are passionate about uh, what they know to be true and passionate about how to get there, passionate about preserving the First Amendment, passionate about preserving the Second Amendment, passionate about really dealing with the homeless issue, not dealing with it on a political tap dancing type level, and to deal with COVID-19 in a, in a uh, common sense way. Uh, so often we've heard over the past year, it's science. We're going to rely on the science. Who's science? There are differing science. So anyway, there's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm reluctant to say I would like to see uh, the rest of the country go the way California is going. You're welcome to disagree with me. That's fine. Iron sharpening iron. That's how we, uh, we learn from each other and stuff. So our number here, 209 209- Five five one three four eight three on the Mike Douglas Show two zero nine five five one three four eight three and what we're looking for specifically right now is what are your reactions to what you heard from John Cox Jerry and Modesto you listened very carefully uh, what did you hear what what questions do you have after listening to Mr Cox well, you know, Mr. Cox has all these ideas and, and fine and grandiose ideas and, and all these fine things for California, but uh, is he going to be like Arnold, you know, uh, you know, flatulence in a whirlwind unless he can convince these guys to go along with him? You know, <laughs> does he have the power to do that? Does he have the influence to do that? Uh, where is he going to get all these things to to dissuade them to uh, make these bills to change these things. Uh, you know, uh, this is what uh, he's going to be facing, and uh, uh, he's going to have to get power behind him, and where is he going to get this power? Yeah, Jerry, you know, that is that is one of the great questions, and, and not for only uh, John Cox, but for others <clears throat> that we hope we'll be interviewing in the future who are throwing their hats in the rings as well. The big question is, if you're a, Republi- if you're a Republican and you're elected governor, you get up to Sacramento and basically you've got one party rule up there. How do you deal with that? How, uh, uh, you know, do you do it through building relationships and then, and then you start to back off or do you stand firm? Jerry, I... I think you got a you got a great point there. Thank you so much for for calling in. Jerry always has great ideas. I I appreciate your thinking uh, very much. Friends, we're looking for your reactions to what you heard from John Cox today. He's a Republican candidate for governor. He would like to replace Gavin Newsom. And you heard a lot of subjects that were brought up. Water, the bullet train, uh, fires, COVID-19. What do you think? Did you hear some things that you were looking for? Were the things that you heard viable in, uh, in your opinion? Well, we'll be talking about that more in about three or four minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Our phone number, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. It's the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you. Father, preacher, friend. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show, weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And the conversation continues. Mike Douglas here, very honored and privileged to serve as your concierge for conversation. Here on the Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, Today we're talking about the recall effort. We're talking about what the new governor uh, or those with aspirations to be the new governor of California what they need to be addressing, and we're talking about your reactions to what you heard from John Cox. He's a Republican. He ran against uh, Governor Newsom in uh, 2018. And what are your reactions to what you heard? You agree with some, not some others? Are there other things you'd like you would have liked to heard uh, him address? Well, let's uh, let's go to Al. Al is a truck driver, and thank you for doing that, Al. Thank for being a a major part of our economic effort here in. California, and uh, you you may have some thoughts about a, a big issue that you would like addressed. Al, what, what issue would that be? Yes, sir. Thank you for putting me on, sir. Yeah, I'm a veteran and now truck driver from San Bernardino, and I'm glad we find, I got a conservative station up here to uh, <laughs> tune into while I'm up here. And I think, you know, everybody's ideas are great, but hey, we're not going to get nowhere unless we get voter ID across the plate. You know, and plus, I was Sharpie this time down there, and I'm like, I'm not really hearing nothing about that either anymore. But I like everybody's ideas, and I voted for Mr. Cox a few times, and you know, we didn't get him through, but maybe we'll get him through this next time. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. It sounds like uh, one of your uh, main things is let's uh, let's get the election process cleaned up, and uh, I I think that is so important. And and I know what you're saying. Oh, Mike, you're getting into conspiracy theories about you know the election and blah blah blah. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is there were obvious problems with the strategies of collecting votes and processing them in the last election. Whether or not it would have changed the election is not the issue. The issue is the processes need to be cleaned up and they need to be made they need to be made fair and transparent. Otherwise there's no point in voting. There is no point in voting if the system is just going to elect who it's going to elect. So uh, let's go to uh, Mike and Modesto. Mike, you have uh, you have some additional thoughts about the future of California and uh, elections here. What are your thoughts, Mike? Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank God we finally have a local talk show that we can actually voice our opinion to because they've locked us out for quite some time. And personally, they don't care about our opinion. As far as John Cox goes, I hope he's listening. He's a carpetbagger. He's here, just another politician as far as I'm concerned. What we need is term limits on everybody. Our county, I have a ranch in in, uh, Modoc County. They stayed open the entire time. You could go get something to eat, go get a haircut. You could get anything done. I just got back from there. I'm there every other weekend doing cow work. And I tell you what, 
we have our problem is, is we have losers and weak people for uh, our county supervisors. Kristen Olson, who's getting ready to become a, excuse me, a uh, lobbyist, they should not allow anybody to be a lobbyist, period, once they serve in any capacity at all, period. What we need to do is investigate every one of these people and put these people in jail, but we won't do it. And the other thing is, if we do not have term limits on every office, these people do state, then they go, they go county, state, and then they go federal. What we need to do is do away with that crap. You serve one, you serve your term. If you're a state senator, that's it. You can't run for another office. Right now, the corruption is rampant there in Washington, D.C. And as far as this lockdown, it's a bunch of crap. They've destroyed just years of these kids. Now they got everybody walking around wearing masks like they're afraid of getting something gonna, they're going to die of. Bunch of B.S., let me tell you, Modoc County didn't close down. And you know what? The death rate with the CDC is only 6% in their own numbers of what this crap is. So yeah, Mike, it's a bunch Mike, of if, garbage. And we if, have weak if politicians. I re, let, me, let me insert just for a second. If I remember correctly, uh, you had some businesses, didn't you, in Modoc County? Uh, and your pop, population is upwards what eight nine thousand or something like that i think right uh you had some businesses stand I up a can ranch you out there cattle business okay Good. tell tell us how business reacted to the county we're bumping the clock a little bit but uh, if you could just give us a sense of how people in uh, modoc county in your mind stood up and had some backbone in in pushing back on some of these policies the county supervisor and the sheriff said, no way. And I'm putting that politely. Okay, I, there's, there's words that I could use that I can't put on the air. That's good, because I, I got a red button I have to hit if you do that, so thanks. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I won't do that. I'm not foolish. But, okay. Uh, I got to tell you, they said no, and they refused to do it. And you know what? Those are the people that stood up. That's a farming community. That's all there is. I have a business here in Modesto. Trust me, if they would have tried to, tried to shut me down, there would have been hell to pay over that. And I feel so sorry for everybody being so weak. Like our, all, of our, all of our county supervisors, every one of them should go down and put their head underneath their pillow and suffocate themselves because they ain't worth 10 dead flies. Trust me. They have no backbone. And I just am so fed up with our weak, weak county supervisors. Nobody here stood up and did the right thing. And they still aren't standing up. You drive around and watch, see people wearing masks. Are they kidding me? Are you guys that scared of living? Isn't that, that unreal? Wear a mask? Is what it... a bunch of wimps. Yeah. Get off your butt and, and show some backbone. <laughs> That's what they're doing. They're just, they're just indoctrinating a bunch of people to be weak. Uh, yeah, Mike, I, 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 I got to go, but uh, – I got to go, but thanks for the call, and I appreciate your passion, my friend, and hope you call in again. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. And what Mike's talking about is uh, uh, have a backbone. Stand up for what you know to be true. You don't have to attack people with it, but in order for common sense to survive, 
We need to stand fast on what we know to be true, what we know to be common sense. And if that means uh, we create systems where we uh, get career politicians out of uh, local, county, state, federal office, uh, then maybe that's something that, that we need to do. But it's, uh, it's beyond time now that we uh, stand up for what we know to be true and be willing to defend it. Hey, coming up at 4 o'clock today, Trevor Carey is going to be talking about a New York college student who got suspended for saying a man is a man. (laughs) That's coming up at 4. Thank you for joining us today on The Mike Douglas Show. So happy to have you with us. Here on The Mike Douglas Show, Mike Douglas with you on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow at 3.